You're listening to the Close to Home Podcast, where we believe your home should feel like your favorite place, not just a space. Tune in to get your questions answered, hear from experts, and learn the newest trends, how-tos, and stories to live your best life at home. If you're ready to learn about the housing market, get your financial house in order, be entertained, or make your best life at home, this show is for you. Now here's your host, realtor, educator, investor, and dog lover, Brennan Klaus. everyone and welcome back to the close to home podcast we're so happy that you're joining us and today i'm so happy to introduce that we have a brand new guest on our show we have kari calway who is the owner of puddles barkery here in seattle owner and operator and ceo if you will um so thank you for joining me today kari how are you Yes, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Um, yeah, today is a beautiful sunny day in Seattle, so that's nice. <laughs> One of the rare ones we get, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm super excited to have you here. Um, you know, anyone who knows me knows that I have my dog, Masha, who I adore. And sometimes I even say the reason I work is to, you know, keep her happy. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I'm i super happy to have you here and tell us a little bit about your business and um, what you've been up to. So without further ado, let's start with just an introduction of yourself and Puddles Barkery. Yeah, so Kari and I... Um, have been in Seattle for multiple years now and started the business about six years ago. Um, I um, So I got it all started because of my dog. So you were talking about loving your dog and doing anything for your dogs. Yes, that was me as well. Um, surprisingly enough, I had never owned a dog. I'd never been a dog mom before. Um, and my fiance or my, my boyfriend, now husband, was working on me because I, I was, you know, I knew it was a lot of responsibility. So finally he's like, okay, we, we found Cora. We actually found her on Craigslist. Someone had to rehome her. And she is a beautiful Siberian Husky. We got her at six months old. She's super picky when it comes to food and treats. And she's very adventure motivated. She loves going on hikes and everything like that. And, um, but I kind of got started with the of course, because she's picky, she doesn't like hard, crunchy treats. And I wanted to be able to um, decide what was in those treats because not a lot of treats. So there's been a lot more on the market now, but most of the shelf stable treats um, are hard and crunchy or like the jerky things, which she loves. Um, So I didn't have to do anything with that, but I wanted to be able to to have other fun treats and you know we all want to celebrate our dogs so of course you have to have cakes um and so i uh actually tried to bake a couple treats to get her that she would like them and i made them soft um and she so i got to pick what the ingredients were so i don't use any oils instead i substitute applesauce um, or unsweetened applesauce for that i don't add any salt or sugar um no, so there's no preservatives at all. And, you know, I get to pick health beneficial ingredients in each treat too, which is great for me. And as long as Cora likes it, um, great for her as well. Um, yeah. 
so yeah, she was really the main inspiration because I had a, a, a good client and a good taste tester. And I was trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up too. So it was a win-win. <laughs> totally. And so that's how Puddles Barkery came to be. It is. It is. That's how I got started. I uh, came up with the, with the name and I registered the name um, after I found out. Because I was like, yes, I love Puddles. It prints so well with Seattle. And of course, I wanted it to be a barkery because um, just the plan words with the bark and, bar- and bakery. And, uh, yeah, actually it took me about six months to actually start selling after I had registered to the business and done all the, all the legal things, because there's actually a long process before you have to register all the treats, get all the guaranteed analysis, send the labels into, um, you know, Washington state and all of those things. So a, a long process, but I got there and started selling treats and started figuring out how to run a business in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Now, you mentioned, yeah, probably six years ago, there weren't very many options for dogs. I even thinking about my own selection, like it was probably very different back then. It was, uh, you know, a lot less. I mean, there were there were still like smaller ingredient lists or like very limited ingredient lists. But that they were far, few and far between, you know. Um, there were, there were more bulk made treats. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the jerkies were starting to get there, I think by that point and, you know, the, uh, the dried tracheas and bones and things like that. But as far as like treats for training or just regular treats that you could have with you on your hiking adventures, there weren't a lot of options that were, that didn't have other things in it. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. And is there sort of an FDA of dog food, or how does that work? It's actually AFCO. A-F- okay. I forget what it stands for, but it is for both. Uh, that Those are the rules for the label. So it's actually the label. Okay. And then we, since we're dog treats, I get everything um, goes through the Department of Agriculture. So it's not actually the FDA that touches dog treats. They they don't do that, um, but the Department of Agriculture does all of the registration and checks the labels, and you know, AFCO is the very standard label process. So, for example, um, our Bacon Bites, which started as B-A-C-O-N, Bacon Bites, um, couldn't actually be called that because in order for the AFCO, it has to be, if you have a meat name, on your label, it has to be at least 95% of that meat. So I, I changed it to B-A-K-I-N apostrophe. So it's still bacon bites, but it, it doesn't actually spell bacon. Like, I don't know if you ever thought of those bacon strips that they Yes, own. yeah, yeah. They're full of all kinds of chemicals. Don't don't ever get them. But I was, was like, well, it sounds like bacon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. If it sounds like it. <laughs> So I'm sure that was that was part of the process too of that six months, like learning about all of that stuff and learning what you could and couldn't say. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the other examples is um, there's percentages of ingredients that have to be in your treats in order to name them on the label. Um, if you have like two of them, it has. I think together it has to be at least fifty percent or something. I don't remember all the percentages at the moment, but like if 
you have to either say recipe or flavor or all these other additional words it, unless it's like specifically made most most out of this one ingredient. So if it was truly made out of all of blueberries and uh, maybe a few other things, yes, you could have blueberry on the list. Otherwise, it has to be blueberry recipe or blueberry flavor. Got it. And you, yeah. know, you get to have some options. You, yeah, you get some options. Um, obviously, I'm not using any flavors and <laughs> flavorings, nothing artificial at all. So I went with recipe for all of my um, labels because, yeah, I do want to tell you what's in them, but I also there are restrictions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, and because Cora is a little picky or was pickier and that in addition to just having something that didn't have any artificial items in it, was that the main drive behind Puddles Barkery? It really was. Um, I mean, I was looking, I was, uh, I had been in baking for a little bit. I was currently in property management and was tired of it. And so I also didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up. So that was another part of it. It was like, well, what can I do? Like, I, I know how to bake. I, I bake really well and I can cook really well. So let's see if I can combine this. And, you know, I've had to learn all of the business and all of the marketing and all of the, all the things, all the hats that you have to wear as a, um, you know, a single uh, small business owner, but you know, it's been good. I've, I've learned a lot. I've made a lot of connections along the way and um, I'm definitely doing better now <laughs> than I did the first couple of years. It was a little rough, uh, I didn't have all those connections within like the dog community or Seattle in general. And I mean, my husband can only do so much. So yeah. Um, yeah. The bouncing ideas off of, but um, still very helpful, but I'm really glad to have some more like community and in, in running a small business for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure if there's anywhere in the country where there are sort of like more health conscious dog owners, it's probably Seattle, but we'll, We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, so how? tell us a little bit about how does the treat get, like where is it made and then how does it get to the dog? So how are you getting it into the owner's hands and then by way of owner to the dog? Yeah, so um, I have a commercial kitchen that I rent. Um, so I do all my baking out of there. Uh, I do most of the packaging. So I, I've actually, um, one of the things that I that I wanted to do right away was be very community involved. So my packaging is from Woodenville um, for the uh, like biscuit bags. Um, I, there's other things that are harder to find that I, I can't get locally, but like um, I'd say at least 75% or more of my ingredients are from Washington, if not from the surrounding area, um, including my flour, trying doing all of that nearby. Um, I found a sign vendor that was in Lake City Way or Lake City area. Um, I found a label maker that's in Queen Anne. So I really tried to find everybody who could support the business and support um, all of the pieces that I needed for the business locally. Um, yeah. That was one of the one of my it was a challenge. It was hard to find and. Luckily, you know, learning and finding other people, I've been able to refer my label vendor, I've been able to refer my sign vendor, um, and, and continue to build that, but it took a little while. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm sure. Yeah, it, well, it's probably so easy to find, you know, oh, it's available in, you know, Maine or whatever, but to have it locally is really great, especially as a small business owner yeah. yourself, yeah. And then, you know, you're also, con you know, trying to be environmentally conscious, like my, um, uh, the packaging I use is recyclable. I'm 
looking into all kinds of options with like biodegradable labels and, you know, uh, the actual like biodegradable plastics to for our duo packs and um eventually I'd like to do that for the plastic that is wrapped for like the cupcakes and the cannoli as well um it, it just takes a little testing a little trial and error and yeah using what you have because you don't want to be wasteful for that way either but uh yeah it's um it's definitely good to find all those places to kind of put it all together um, and so then from there, I actually have about 16 retailers. Um, some of them are just pickup locations. So they order for directly from me and then pick up there. Um, some of them carry some things because of course my treats are preservative free. So they are, uh, do require refrigeration or freezing. Um, and then I also, well, when we could go to events, I went to a lot of events, <laughs> a lot of dog centered events, um, farmers markets, um, by the time this airs, it'll have been this past Sunday, um, but on Sunday I'll be at the Ballard Farmers Market. Um, they, I've, I've been, have been in there, but with, with COVID, they are of course fe featuring all of the farmers first, and then as they have openings, they contact us other vendors. Um, but it's so good to have. Uh, it'll be so nice to see everybody at the farmers market because it's, it'll be different, but all the vendors are so wonderful. Yeah and yeah makers and and farmers and um they're just wonderful people i mean they're they're doing what they're passionate about so there's a lot of joy in actually running your business so yeah i i, I do this so that i can make money so i can give cora all the treats but also <laughs> it's kind of fun too <laughs> yeah absolutely so so owners can pick it up they can order online pick it up or some retailers carry it. So how, how did you actually meet some of the retailers in Seattle and or the surrounding area that you're working with? Yeah, I've been uh, working on growing my retailers and my actual small vendors because um, originally I kind of reached out to like Mud Bay and a couple of the other smaller ones, but Mud Bay right now has about 60 retail locations around the Pacific Northwest. And wow, to try to fulfill 60 different locations might be a little bit much for me. So I wanted to meet those small um, retailers that I could, uh, you know, connect with and actually have a, a give and take relationship. It would be like, so how are things? Uh, are the treats lasting? Are there some improvements that I can make? Like really have a dialogue with them to be mutually beneficial for all of us. And then yeah. give them some foot traffic too. Um, so actually my first retailer, I believe was the barking lounge. Um, they're unfortunately due to COVID and other reasons they have closed, but they were Cora's doggy daycare. So Aww. I'd gone there a lot. Um, yeah. uh, when we first got Cora, she was six months old and, uh, being a Husky, she had a lot of energy. So she went basically five days a week for a while. <laughs> um so they knew her they were kind of her second family and um it was funny because I let them know that I was in business and the owner was just walking her dog randomly I think it was in the fall um or maybe it was in the summer I don't remember but it was in Belltown and she was just walking her dog and she ran into me at an event um with my booth and she's like oh that's right you have a business and she kind of checked everything out and looked at it. And she's like, yeah, we could, we could be a pickup location for you. So we started there, which was really great. Um, and then some vendors, you know, I've met at other events. 
Um, I think just last, last weekend we had an event and I think two people actually came up to me cause I had reached out, um, to Metro dog. And so hopefully we'll have a partnership with them as well too, eventually. Um, and then another, um, company who's like, yeah, we'd love to have a pop-up with you. I'm like, great, let's do that. <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing you do, right? Is pop-ups. Yes. Yes. I've been doing, so with COVID and everything here, I've been doing a few more pop-ups, whether at like a coffee shop where I just bring my stuff and say, Hey, I'll be here from this time to this time. Come stop by, get coffee, talk to me, get some treats. Yeah. Um, I've done it at a, like a dog play park where they have also have wine and beer and that sort of thing. Um, they're really, it's, it's very interesting because they are trying to keep things small, but they still want to engage with us, us small vendors that are able to just bring the stuff with and pop up and be like, Hey, look at us. We're here. Um, totally. And then, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, more collaborations bring lots of cross customers and be like, Hey, I didn't know this place existed. Um, so that's always, I mean, it's great for everybody involved. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll be doing one, I think on September 11th, the Friday that, um, we'll be popping up in Magnolia at a, um, an Irish pub there. So that'll be fun. That's great. And so do you just, um, sort of advertise those on your website and on social media and then people can find you that way? Exactly. Yeah. I have a very um, active Instagram account and I try to post where we're going to be and all of those things. Um, I've become a little out of practice of that because I haven't been anywhere. Right. Um, exactly. <laughs> I also have on my website, I have an events page that, uh, talks about some of the, like, the recurring things that you can pre-order for like the farmer's market. Cause I am pre-ordering at the Ballard farmer's market and then all any of the actual in-person events that I'll be at. Um, I'll put those there. Um, I'll, of course I'll also show those, all those things on Facebook and Twitter as well, even though I'm less active on those ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, so people can pre-order to pick up at the pop-ups as well. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Great. And um, so going on to my website, so I actually do ship throughout the U.S. So um, oh, okay. I do ship with ice packs to make sure that they get there because uh, all of my treats are, are fairly durable. They can actually be out. They don't have to be in the refrigerator all the time. Um, but of course, it's hot right now. Um, <laughs> you don't want them to necessarily get a lot super hot. Um, and then of course they need to be refrigerated afterwards. Cause, um, like our cupcakes and our cannoli, they're about a week in the fridge and, you know, three months in the freezer. Um, so they do last a long time. It just, you gotta get them cool. Otherwise they will mold because they've got real food in them. <laughs> what is the average time that, you know, someone could have it without, um, either putting it in the freezer or feeding it to their dog, obviously. Is there sort of like a range that you tell people? It really depends. Um, like the biscuits, the biscuit treats can really technically, depending on how hot it is, they could sit on the counter for like a week or two. But I, what I would be concerned about is it getting hot and having moisture and, you know, heat plus moisture equals mold. Um, yeah. so that's really the, uh, the nice thing is that our treats won't go rancid. They won't go, you know, they're not going to just get bad. They're going to mold. <laughs> they're going to right so you'll know situation. yeah so you'll know yeah, yeah. um I, I can put i can uh they'll dry out if you put don't have them in a 
you know, kind of an airtight container. So our, our packages, you can seal them or reseal them again so that they stay soft. But like, I'll put some of my, my treats in my doggy, um, my doggy bag that just has the treat bag that I bring with me. And, you know, after three or four days, they're a little bit harder. They're a little bit drier. Um, but they're still good. They're, it's, they're not going to go bad instantly. Um, um, I do generally, we, we ship USPS because, um, most of the time they do are just fine. Um, (laughs) I, I always try to make sure that it's not going to be more than three days, um, worth of shipping because the, the ice packs don't necessarily last until they get to the customer. But again, they can get warm. They can get, they can get to room temperature. They can be refrozen. I've done a lot of, like, we do a lot of back and forth because um, I've made sure that the recipes can handle that. Um, But we want to make sure that they're at least getting to the customers as fresh as possible. And then I always have a sticker that says refrigerate upon arrival. Don't leave it in your hallway for two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so just, you know, uh, even if you leave them, like, especially the biscuit treats in the car, they're not going to go bad. They're, if they get hot, they just might be a little bit crunchier when you, when you take them out. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting because without the preservatives, that's really what keeps, and without being um, so dried that they're shelf stable for long periods of time, um, it's really just that moisture and heat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So your dog is lucky because they get them probably a little sooner, unless you, think about it and put them in the freezer for, for a little while. (laughs) So I even had a customer, um, emailed me. She was very happy because, um, she had bought like a couple bags of our Milo notes and put, uh, put a couple bags in the freezer and, you know, used one bag, forgot that they were there for a month or two. But then when she took them out, of course, again, I've done this on purpose, but when she took them out and put them back in the fridge, they were still soft you know, going back and forth from the freezer to the fridge or wherever, um, will get harder. Um, but again, just because I have all uh, enough moisture and have them well sealed, they, they do not, um, they stay soft. They can still be, you know, they're so good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's great. Yeah. And then, you know, you don't want them sitting in a bunch of water or something, but you know, it's, 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 um, it's really just like human food. Gives you some flexibility as well. If you want to save some for later or bring them out, um, right away, depending on how well behaved your dog is being, or for, in my case, how well the dog is being. Oh, I've also had some, uh, customers tell me that their, their dogs, um, will learn that the treats are in the fridge. So one, one lady, she told me that her dog always gets a treat before bedtime. And so when she had my treats and they were in the fridge, um, the dog, when the dog was ready to go to bed, he would sit and stare at the refrigerator. <laughs> like, I would like my treat now. Can I have my bedtime treat? Um, yeah, it's probably similar to like, my dog is trained when she hears the bag open, like the seal break. She's like, oh, that must mean I'm going to get a treat, even if it's like a package of something else. So I can only imagine what the fridge sound would be like. Every time you get food out, your dog's like, oh, is it time for my my treat? <laughs> oh. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about Seattle specifically, because Seattle is such a dog city. I think one thing that I realized when I moved here, and I think a lot of people realize, is just how many dogs there are. So can you speak a little bit about like the culture of dogs in Seattle and how you see that? Definitely. Uh, 
yeah, the, the dog culture and just the fact that the dogs are really part of your family here is just so pre prevalent. Um, cakes, first of all, dog cakes are a big thing. Um, you can't, you know, you have to ha celebrate birthdays, celebrate gotcha days. Um, I've done so many different things. Um, I've actually done two baby, like human baby gender reveal cakes for the dogs to eat and then find out what gender <laughs> the baby is going to be. Um, Amazing. <laughs> so, so much fun. Um, you know, I've done a couple end of life cakes where people are like, you know, my dog is not doing so well. We'd love to get a cake. Like, let's do something special. Um, send them out on a happy note. Um, you know, I've done a proposal cake. Um, the gentleman actually called and was like, hey, can you write, like, will you marry me on a dog cake? And I was like, oh, it's kind of my, my cakes are more like four inches. Um, <laughs> they're not human size <laughs> there's they're cake size for dogs i was like well let me think about it for a second and i came up with the idea i was like well you need to ask the question because you're the one who she's gonna marry not the dog so why don't we you you ask the question and then give her the cake that says say yes and then she can give the cake to the dog <laughs> very cute that's what we did um uh, I, I've, I've, I have actually done a couple wedding cakes for the dogs too. Um, wow. A, a friend of a friend of a friend was getting married and she's like, I need a cake for my dog as well. Cause we're going to have a cake for us, but we need the cake for the dog too. So we, we made them a cake so that yeah. they actually cut the human cake and then they cut the dog cake and then they all had cake. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Only, I feel like only in Seattle, although I think it's becoming more popular nationwide, but the dog is such a a integral part of the family, and I think that it, that's why it makes so much sense here. Because like our dogs are part of being at home, you know, they make us feel at home, they make us feel comforted and warm, and um, so they're just like such an important part. And especially in Seattle, dogs not only celebrate all of the milestones with you, but they also, you know go to the brewery with you. They go to the farmer's market with you. They really go everywhere with you, just like your child would, basically. Yeah, and it's true. You see them all over the place. Um, there are so many dog-friendly like breweries, um, even coffee shops, depending on what they've got going on. Like People will always try to have at least have some outdoor spaces. Um, it's really easy to go take your dog to errands because most of the time they can either come with you or if there are you know safe enough places for them to go um but for the most part they can just kind of come with you and yeah take along and be part of it be part of the adventure um, yeah lots of dog water bowls outside businesses and everything like that which is so awesome and a few bars where they can come inside i've seen a lot of dogs like sitting in the booth with their owners which is amazing <laughs> yeah there's definitely plenty of bars with both indoor and outdoor seating you can just kind of, they're just kind of hanging out there chilling at your feet or or uh, you know barking at someone else's dog or <laughs> yeah next yeah. we're gonna have to have masks for dogs because i guess they they can get covid too it's I don't know if it's true, but I've read this. I think it is possible. The The case that I read about, they, the dog also had like a cancer of sorts as well. So maybe there was okay. a community compromisation, uh, um, compromise yeah. as well. But uh, uh, being, a little, being a little cautious is, is okay too. Hopefully yeah, totally. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so what are some of the most popular things that you make? What do you see both in Seattle or that you're shipping nationwide? What are some of those uh, really popular treats that you're making? So a lot of dogs really, and, and people love the cannoli. So I make a, um, and it's a soft shell cannoli, like my soft treats. Um, I actually use um, uh, copper piping, like just some small copper piping to wrap a circle around and then bake them. So they're baked. So they're not made um, traditionally like cannoli, which is usually deep fried. And we use a, a cream cheese, peanut butter and chicken broth frosting. So it's very tasty. Um, so that one is a good one. It's a good one for uh cold or hot weather as well because you can freeze it and have a nice cool treat um the cupcakes are really fun they're basically just mini muffins um but we we could do we do them by the dozen for like little dog parties and we can frost those too um and then of course well bake the bacon bites is definitely one of the favorites because there is bacon in it along with the uh, chicken broth and pumpkin seeds so that one's really big um, and then I do have a vegan treat um, as well, uh, which was a little bit of an accident. It actually worked better with the water than with the chicken broth, but I'm happy to have a vegan treat. It's a yeah, this oatmeal and peanut butter. It's the tastiest one that I make. <laughs> that for the humans, that is. Um, I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's all there. I've got a little bit of everything, and. I definitely have some customers that have favorites. Um, yeah. And then, you know, you see the people and they are so happy to like, oh my gosh, we found a treat my dog likes. Like that can be a really big deal sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And is there, are there any new treats that are in development that you can give us the inside scoop on or are you making new ones typically or do you kind of stick to what you're already doing? I usually, so I've, um, the cupcakes have been the rotating flavor. So last, uh, beginning of 2019, I did the blueberry cheddar cupcakes um, because Cora did not like bananas. But uh, the, usually the cupcake flavor is the easiest one to change because that way, um, I mean, I am a one person show, so I can only, I only want to have so many that I can handle and continue to produce. Um, so it's really the the five main treats plus the sixth one that's kind of the rotating cupcake. Um, I haven't, with all of COVID uh, times, I haven't really decided to do a new flavor yet, but I have some ideas. Okay, okay. I was hoping maybe you're going to say like a pumpkin spice flavor or something. <laughs> I haven't figured out how to do it, um, but I was trying to see if I could do it either as a cupcake or maybe as a like a cannoli filling i might have to try that that would be fun yeah that sounds delicious i'm very hungry after this whole conversation that's all i know <laughs> i'm like cannoli i would love <laughs> um uh but yeah no no strict um i am going to be doing actually a little cooking show or a little cooking demonstration taking a blueberry muffin recipe that you could find online and like uh con um doing some substitutions for those ingredients for, um, WEG Love Life. They're, uh, it's, a uh, cancer research. They usually have a big event. And of course, without the events happening this year, um, they're doing something online. So I'm going to do a little zoom call. I believe it's on September 13th, but I'm definitely going to have that on my website. So you can, that's awesome it out too. So that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, I'm basically, we're going to be giving you 
the example of the recipe. I'm going to tell you how I'm going to do the recipe, and then we'll I'll follow you. It'll be like a little cooking show. Yeah, that's so fun. Right on Zoom. Yeah, yeah, right on Zoom. So um, I think they're going to also live stream uh, Facebook. I think they're going to try to see how they can, if they can do that with Instagram as well. But definitely Facebook and um, a Zoom that you would be able to sign up for on their um, Facebook page too. But yeah, so that's 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 awesome. That sounds like so much fun. (laughs) Thanks, thanks. That's very cool. Well, tell our dog owners, or maybe not owners, but people who know other people with dogs, or even like retailers who might want to be in contact with you about doing a pop-up or um, be a pickup location, where can they find you and follow you? What are the best places for that? Well, good place to start is the website. It's uh, puddlesbarkery.com. Um, uh, you can email me from there. Um, you can also, I think you can find all my socials from directly from my, my website platform, but I'm on Instagram is my main one at, at puddles Barkery, And all of my, all of my handles are at puddles Barkery, So that makes it easy. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Um, I am on Pinterest as well. Um, figuring out how that works. Uh, but uh, it's fun to post all the cakes and everything. So you, if you're if you're wondering what you might want to do, because I do make my own colors. I've got pink, yellow, and green, and can also make an orange color, um, do the brown and the white as well. Um, but if you're ever looking for any inspiration, you can look at my cakes there too. Um, but you definitely uh, reach out to me from my website, either on uh, the socials or um, email. Uh, and then I'll, uh, I would love to have some more retailers um, around the Seattle area. I also have some retailers in like Redmond, Woodenville, Kirkland, nothing in Bellevue yet. So that would be fun. Um, yeah, definitely. if you're in Bellevue. <laughs> yeah. Um, you heard then, it here. Right, right, exactly. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we've got we've got some re- retailers in Renton and West Seattle, which is now kind of a a um, an island, which is very interesting. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and do you also ship locally? I think we talked about nationally, but locally you do as well. Yeah, the the everything except for the cakes and the frosted cupcakes ship very well. But the cakes, because the frosting is cream cheese, peanut butter, and chicken broth, it does not get hard like all of your sugar-based frostings. Um, so it does not ship very well. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I am looking to expand, but of course, um, some of the ones who carry it, like we do have one in Monroe and Coopville, uh, is there another one that just carries? I can't think of it at the moment, but, um, some of those further away, like we'd really love to get down to like Kent area or Maple Valley. I think there, I've gotten uh, quite a few customers in that direction. So I'd love to get some actual, um, retailers that like to carry some things. Um, so that, yeah, we can continue to spread all the good dog treats. <laughs> yeah. That sounds amazing. So if you're listening, go to puddlesbarkery.com where you can order or find out how to connect um, with Kari and get your order in for your pup. I'm going to have to go order some right after this. I can't wait. Yay. Yeah. And well, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining today. Anything else you think people should know? Um, 
definitely uh, just join us on one of our social platforms because we do have a lot going on. I just, as I was, as we were talking about some of the little things, like I'll be doing some more pop-ups and doing some uh, curated box um, with some other, um, you know, the great thing about all of the vendors, all of the makers and bakers and everything around this area is everybody's so happy to help each other and just like promoting each other and collaborating. And so there's lots of things in the pipeline that I can't name all of them here, but uh, definitely keep, um, keep in touch and uh, show us all your dog pictures. We love your dog pictures. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. So follow along more to come and get yourself some dog treats as well. We'll get your dog some treats, but you have to buy them yourself. <laughs> They're, they're made for you to look at, but also for your dog to eat. <laughs> exactly. They bring you joy by way of your dog. Well, thank you so much. I can't wait to publish this so everyone can go out and buy their dog a little quarantine treat during COVID. They, they deserve it just as much as we do. So um, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the Close to Home podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at closetohomepodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend and be sure to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can also find us on social media with the hashtag Close to Home Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, it's Brennan. I'd love to get this podcast into the earbuds of other people just like you. Will you do me a favor and head over to Apple Podcasts right now and leave me a review? All you have to do is find that purple Apple Podcasts app, go to Close to Home and leave me a review. I'd really greatly appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in.